0: Welcome to Basketball Buzz, the show that combines three great things, Kentucky basketball, college basketball, and bourbon. I'm one of your three hosts, Arizona Terry, and with me are Shay and Michael. Tonight, this episode is about Kentucky basketball recruiting updates, other basketball topics, and we are doing a smoke wagon bourbon review. We'll review all three offerings from Nevada H&C Distilling Company out of Las Vegas, Nevada. But I think the first thing we should do tonight is congratulate Shay for becoming a father. Hell hey, yeah. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. I'll drink, let's drink to that. Let's drink to that. Cheers, you, guys. <laughs> When's the last time you slept?
1: Ah, uh, yeah. You know what?
2: My sleep's getting... That, that's funny that you ask. I mean, everyone warned me. First of all, I just want to thank everybody for all their, their love and support and their guidance and their advice, which I'm going to continue to need. Um, it's been an absolutely rewarding experience. I think all of us are now our girl dads. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yep. We all have daughters. So uh, there's a brand new uh, uh, Kentucky basketball fan that's born in the world. That's going to have to share the curse with us. <laughs> um, but no, it's honestly a really rewarding experience. I feel like a very, very changed person. Um, I feel like a lot of things are put into perspective I think when I look at my daughter, I just smile. I don't know why. Um, I think I, I see I see more of the light in the world, if that makes sense.
0: Um, which well, I kind of did. She's so beautiful. First of all, <laughs> I is. mean she takes
2: after know. her mother. After her mother, it's <laughs> not me.
0: <laughs> and I have a son and a daughter, but being a dad and having a, a girl is like really special. Yeah. Right? And they will forever be daddy's girl. So yeah. Sure, you've already figured that out.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've been not been not been sleeping much, um, on and off. I think my wife's been getting the brunt of it because I'm still I'm still working full time, Um, but you know we've got a chance to be around. I work from home, so it's nice spending time with her. Um, And let me just say, um, after being there for the childbirth process, uh, let's just say that like if men were the one who had children, there would be no children. There would be no babies. Like hats off to women; they do something that men absolutely cannot, would not be brave enough to do. I have even more respect for women now than I did before. So, uh, I told my wife, like, anytime she asks for something, I'm just like, whatever you want. I witnessed that. It's, it, it, you're, you're good. I can't tell you nothing.
1: <laughs> women are amazing. They're they're the best. And she, yeah, she took one for the team, Shay. Like that's yeah. that, that's the biggest right there. Yeah. But. Being the parent, being the dad of a daughter will forever change everything. Uh, Terry, you've got a son and a daughter. I just have the the one daughter. And it it is transformative in ways that you could not imagine, even just seconds before the birth. I was an absolute mess when Ashley was born. This is now almost 19 years ago. I bawled my eyes out. Uh, I had no sleep for the previous 24 hours during labor. Uh, it, it, it was a battle and that was just on the dad's side. I can't even begin yeah. to tell you how much of a battle it was on the mom's side. <laughs> exactly. Of but, but Shay, welcome to the club.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the last thing I said, like, it was so funny just cause that's exactly what happened where, uh, our daughter was born like two in the morning and, uh, you know, the whole day during labor, my, my wife went into labor in the morning and she was obviously very under a lot of duress cause it was naturally it was labor. And I was like, you know, the nursing staff, which shout out to nurses, they're truly angels. The nursing staff, me, we were trying to keep, uh, uh, keep her in good spirits, you know, keeping the mood light just so, just so the stress wouldn't be there. And then as soon as the baby came out, my wife was just smiling and laughing and I was crying. I was bawling. I was just bawling. (laughs) It's like we flipped like at that right that moment. So I'm just, just, you know, blessed and happy for everybody's support and love and blessed to have like a healthy baby girl. So, uh, thanks everyone.
1: Amen. Amen. That's awesome.
0: All right, so do you want to talk about bourbon, talk about Smoke Wagon? Should we go into...
1: What a great name, Terry. Yeah,
0: Man, so I'm kind of a fanboy of this bourbon, but we're going to go through each one because each one of us has a different uh, version. So, Shay, if you want to go first and talk about yours, because I actually have a bottle of what you bought, but I have not opened it yet.
2: Absolutely. So um, I, again, don't know much about this distillery. Um, it is out west, so represent west of the Mississippi River. So that's kind of cool. Um, uh, so I'll let you guys talk more about the distillery, but uh, again, it, this is I, I'm drinking the the Kentucky Straight Bourbon version. Um, this is from Nevada HNC Distilling Co. It's about 92 proof, 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% malted barley. It's about a caramel color. Um, it has a very neutral taste, which is I, I don't want to say that that's a bad thing. I have some of the very traditional uh, bourbon flavors like caramel, honey, vanilla, a little bit of toffee, nutmeg. Um, and it has a it's a very nice mouthfeel. The one thing I'm noticing about this bourbon is, is it's not very spirit forward despite being 92 proof, which again, is not a high proof, but it's not a, a very low proof like that old granddad that I was talking we were talking about earlier. Um, and so it's, it's really enjoyable just to sip on. Um, I wouldn't say that it's a it's a uh, game changer or like a, uh, you know, everyone stop doing and go buy this. But at the price point of I think I bought it at Total Wine for about $30 for the for the uh, for the 750 milliliter bottle. It's a great bourbon. It's easy drinking. Um, it is it, it's just a great a good value. I think one of the things that people were talking about about this specific bourbon that it's it's a good value and it, it it compares to the Yellowstone and the Angel's envy um that that i you know i have the Yellowstone to review soon so i'm um, i'm really enjoying it it's it's an easy drinking the type of bourbon that i like if you like something kind of more off the wall if you like something more experimental might be not might not be the bourbon for you
1: Good deal. As he takes another sip. Nice. <laughs> done. Uh, so, Shay, uh, Terry, I've got uh I've got the small batch version. So the the numbers and the math stay the same. The mash bill's the same. It's a 60364. Um the MSRP on this is about 45 bucks. I'm in Denver, so I pay more for everything. I think I paid fifty two for it, which is kind of an odd price. Um, I love the bottle. It looks cool, it has the feel of like in old school, old time uh, kind of alcohol. As far as uh, what I get from the smell, I get traditional uh, notes of vanilla and caramel on the nose. And that's really what I want. That's what I look for. But after I get um, the sweeter, I also start to smell um, some of the other notes that may be a bit harsher. There's some peppery scents in here. There's some spice. Um, again, th- this is a rye. And- this bottle, unlike Shays at 92, we're at 100 proof here. So there is a bit more spirit forward. I'm drinking rocks uh, because that's my normal go-to uh, when I'm drinking bourbon like this. I'm enjoying it. It does have a really good flavor. I was, I was a little afraid that because it was uh, more rye than I'm used to, that it wouldn't mesh with uh, my normal palate. But I got to say, uh, there's enough notes of sweetness here that the rye isn't overpowering it isn't it doesn't become one of those drinks that's harsh or burning um, unlike uh, some bourbon that i had um, a week or two ago at a birthday party that actually had gunpowder in it Ooh, um, yeah that, that that was something altogether different this is um, smoother than i would have thought for a 100 proof in 36 rye overall i'm not sure for the price point i paid it's great if I'm going to give it a, a barrel rating, I'd say I'll probably give it uh, three barrels. All right.
0: And what was your barrel rating, Shay?
3: That's a good point. I forgot that we were doing that. All right.
2: I think I'm going to give this a four barrels out of five, just wow. because it really fits what I'm looking for at the price point. Um, it's I wouldn't give it a five because it isn't something that blows my mind, but it is A fantastic bourbon at the price point. If you can find it, you know, I enjoy drinking it. I am I think I'm almost done with this (laughs) glass.
0: You know, uh, that price point, 30 bucks, the same as I pay in Arizona for that. Um, Small batch. I haven't bought this yet, Michael. I'm going to. Because what I'm having is Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered, which is basically a souped up version of small batch so you're going from 100 proof up to 115.78
1: so you have a little bit more octane there
0: higher octane so same mash bill uh distilled by mgp so a lot of people that like this bourbon kind of like the the bourbons that come out of mgp out of indiana um some people don't like this bourbon Because that for that same reason, uh, if they're not big fans of it, so it's kind of a hit or miss. Like for me, I really like it. So a little bit of background on the distillery. So it is the Nevada Agency Distilling Company. It was founded in 2012 by Aaron Chippenick and Jonathan Hensley, and it's in Las Vegas. So of all places, I would never imagine a distillery or (laughs) bourbon being aged in the desert. Basically, that just seemed really bizarre. (laughs) um you did talk about the bottle this bottle is so cool i wish people could see it on the podcast but you can't you know anytime you can have a cool bottle like this and you have like this stamped emblem on it and it has a latin phrase that i cannot pronounce but i know what it stands for it says let us drink for we shall die in other words drink and enjoy today because we won't be around forever what great advice And honestly, that is about the best motto I've ever had from a bourbon company. So kudos for that. Um, Looking at the nose, the palate, the finish, very, very uh, rich caramel um, on the nose. It's high rye. I don't normally, I'm not crazy about high rye normally. Um, This is pretty high for me. It's got that little bit of a spiciness. Uh, When you do take a whiff, you definitely pick up on some cinnamon and some fruit. I don't know exactly what kind of fruit that is, Um, but it's nice. Um, The palate, it has a mixture of the sweet fruit, a little bit dark flavors. What I like about this bourbon is the mouthfeel. It has that kind of that butteriness that's, to me, it's a sign of a a premium product. And I think a lot of people that review this, they just say there's a lot going on here when when you drink it. There's a lot of stuff going on. And that's true. It's got Rye spice. It's got some oakiness. Um, it's got the fruit. It's got the dark. Um, it's. I wouldn't say it's like the most complex, but it's pretty complex. Uh, the finish. Now, this is the part where some people like the finish and some don't. To me, the finish is has that oaky, a leathery type finish. Maybe a little bit tobacco. Some people might like it. Some might not. I like it. I think it's it's a nice finish. Um, it's not like a high rye burn that just you know finishes poorly. I think it's good and when you have a higher proof bourbon that drinks like an an underproof, that's kind of a nice combination <laughs> I think so I don't know exactly what you know Aaron and Jonathan are doing in the desert with this bourbon, but whatever it is, they should keep doing it so I'm on the five bourbon scale I'm gonna give it four and a half barrels just because i think it's a great bourbon um this is my fourth bottle oh wow today Um, (laughs) i know but this is my fourth bottle i have another one i haven't tapped into yet um if i drank bourbon every day which i i would if i didn't live under prohibition era times (laughs) uh, i would literally drink i would be my daily sipper i love it wow so yeah, it's there you go. Fanboy bourbon like that. That's why I bought a t shirt. So the next he wouldn't, episode, he wouldn't uh, be
2: here, he'd be in the drunk tank.
0: <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> but I bought a I literally bought a smoke wagon t shirt, so I'll have it on next episode. So,
2: so where where in Nevada is the distillery? Because you know Las if, Vegas. Ah uh, yeah, let's go ask them personally. I, well, I feel like this is it's, it's just R and D for a
0: podcast. The next time Kentucky's playing in Vegas, yeah for we're guess there. We're, guess what we're yep. going to be doing? We're going to be there. Research.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And if you have uh, Instagram, go check out Smoke Wagon Bourbon on Instagram and check these fellas out. They're uh, they're a different breed. We'll just say that. Nice. All right. All right. Good stuff, man. That was fun.
3: There's a lot of basketball
0: stuff to talk about. Let's just kind of talk about a few things off the bat, just to kind of talk, you know, get them out there. Obviously, Bill Russell passing away this weekend was kind of a major downer because, you know, he was a tremendous NBA player, an icon, uh, won 11 titles with the Boston Celtics. Just tremendous. And, you know, his collegiate career was awesome as well because he won two titles at USF uh, with the Dons. And when I looked at some of the data about that, he was actually the second overall pick in the NBA draft back in 1956 i'm like who in the hell would pick somebody over bill russell dude was averaging 20 points and over 20 rebounds in college and he goes second i'm like this guy in the first has got to be something pretty special no
3: <laughs> it was, was a guard, it?
0: guard out of duquesne cy green 6-2 guard he went on to play about 500 games in the nba he made a pretty good career like nine points average but it just goes to show you that NBA general managers and t- teams, sometimes they make the wrong choice. When yeah,
2: well, scouting was a lot harder back then. Not a lot of video on those guys.
3: That's true. That's <laughs> true.
0: That's, that's true. They didn't gotta have go, Got to go
2: see it in person. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: I guess the Rochester Royals didn't want to go down to see a lot of uh, stuff on the West Coast. Maybe that's right.
1: I mean, they could just pop on the Google machine and, and check that stuff out.
0: Yeah. Get, get a time laziness. But,
2: just straight laziness. <laughs> Rochester Royals, well, I, I got to
1: say, baby. Bill Russell changed the game, actually transformed basketball. When, when I think of the definition of a winner, my mind has always gone immediately to him. You mentioned the, the two championships for the Dons that frankly haven't had a great program that many seasons. Um, then nine championships as a player, for the Celtics, two more as a coach. And he was able to impact the game defensively. And everybody knows I'm I'm a huge defensive guy. That that's that's what I love to watch. Um, you know, we, we see guys we've seen guys over our generation. Um, one of the first people that I think of is uh Shaquille O'Neal, who would block a ball, send it five rows deep, Patrick Ewing, same way. That's fantastic. It was intimidating, it stayed it, it had its purpose. We were in awe over their ability to do that, but it wasn't efficient. Bill Russell was able to actually tap the ball either to himself or to Kuzi or another player and start a fast break. He was able to control the tempo, control the game in a way that nobody else had ever seen. People were shooting set shots and this guy was jumping out of the gym blocking stuff. He, he, He was maybe the player that transformed the National Basketball Association to the next level. And I think he was every bit as transformative for his time and his era as Michael Jordan was in the 80s and 90s for the Bulls. He will be missed. He did great work, not only on the court, but socially, and the things that he stood up for and the things that he knelt for. We still today are struggling through. He was a voice. And I hope that that voice will always find a place that will resonate with basketball and with people in general. He was a good man.
3: Definitely, icon. When I uh, when I think of Bill Russell, I always
2: think of the quote. I think it was by John Wooden that uh, offense wins games, defense wins championships. And uh, amen. Who is the person that Bill Russell considers probably his biggest competitor? Probably people compare, consider well, one of the best. Offensive players in the game. Yeah, Wilt Wilt has two championships to show for. And I think it was like 1968, 1972, (laughs) 1967, 1972. Bill Russell has, what, 11 championships? He's a 12-time NBA All-Star. That just shows you that defense is what gets you to the next level. So what did did the Cats have a lot of last year? We had a lot of offense. What did we have not a lot of? Defense.
3: Mm. So...
2: This upcoming season we got we're gonna have a lot of both. And um I always think about that, you know, in my own limited playing career and coaches that I've talked to and coaches that I've been around and teams that I've watched, it's the defensive teams that really, really, you know, cut their teeth because shots aren't always gonna fall, but you can count on your defense when shots don't fall. So I think Bill Russell is probably spearheading that that sort
3: of that movement, that idea. And so he'll always be bigger than just Bill Russell because of that. That's right. Sorry, guys. Um, Let's talk about this UK practice at Rupp Arena as a fundraiser for the
0: flooding going on in Eastern Kentucky. So I am actually from that region, but where I'm from is actually not – the area that's impacted by it, but it's impacted so many counties down in real southeastern Kentucky, and um, kudos to Cal, right, another fundraising opportunity to help out. Um, unfortunately, I will not be there, but I'm hoping that we can get some good footage or some eyes in this, on the on my game to see what it looks like. You guys want to talk a little bit about that and get your thoughts on it?
1: I'll just give you some top-line thoughts. Uh, once again, kudos to Cal. He, he gets it. And th- that's the phrase that I associate myself saying more with Cal than anything else I say. He gets it. It's bigger than basketball. We were going through this last year on my side of the state with the tornadoes. This year, it's on Terry's side of the state with the flooding. And I'm not sure that we're done with that yet. Um, I-, I love the fact that the university is willing to step up. And to put themselves out there, I'm sure that they would rather be spending that time doing a million other things. But they understand the priority that this should take over sports, over the game of basketball. And yet they're still able to weave in a practice to help support this cause and to help raise money. I wish I could be there, too. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be. But I hope that we'll all be able to contribute appropriately to this Um, And, frankly, I I, I am looking forward to uh, at least uh, getting some eyeballs on some of these players and seeing um, what they look like before the Bahamas because Bahamas is next week, right?
3: Bahamas is next week, believe it or not. Wow.
0: That really snuck up because I didn't realize it was that close.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I mean, we're probably going to have to have another podcast before that. Um, But, you know, the state of Kentucky – of gets insulated it's not always in the news it's not always um forefront it's not really like a battleground state politically and you know we want to leave politics out of this but kind of the reason why sometimes people don't pay attention but the people from kentucky are are related to kentucky they do and the state's been through quite a lot in the last 30 years with the opioid epidemic that started you know in the mid the late 1990s and the early 2000s and then the, the the poverty that happen in, in, in the counties in Kentucky and the different ecological disasters, whether it be flooding or tornadoes. And I think in, in I don't know if there's any other state where the basketball program is kind of like a, kind of like a light or like a hope that all citizens inside the state of Kentucky have. And when they can acknowledge the issues going on in the state and kind of unite everybody, that's really a beautiful thing. And in my experience, um, I, you know, I wasn't around before the mid nineties, but it's always been the case with coach Petino, with coach Smith, um, with, with, um, especially with John, John Calberry. And it's really great to see some guy who considered like, you know, a city slicker or someone you got to remember, he's from a small town in Pittsburgh also. So, exactly. um, you know, his dad, worked at the airport for like 50 years, like just doing the same job. Like he's a, he's a blue, his dad was a blue collar guy. So I think he understands what this, what what basketball means in the state of Kentucky. And sometimes we doubt it, but he's always been a player's first person. He's always been a people person. And I got to admire him because I think it, it, it it's kind of related in one off season, He's really changed his perception, people's perception of him uh, that quickly. And that man is so powerful. Like the fact that, you can do that. Like people were ready to like ready to, to kick you out of town not three months ago and then three months later. Everyone adores you. And that just shows you how important people think you are, how much they love you, how much power you have, how much influence you have, and how well he's using it. How yeah. how much he's done to to help other people's lives. And I always said this. I think we talked about this in previous podcasts. I never met, I've never seen a person. That's done more sacrifice their own success for other people's success or other people's well-being more than John Calvary. And so, uh, you know, as as much problems, gripes that I have with him, or I, you know, that I say about him,
3: I got to give him that credit, and I respect the hell out of him because of that.
1: He's really been able to tap in to the basketball truism that we are a basketball state like none other Uh, with respect and apologies to Indiana and North Carolina, Kentucky basketball means more in Kentucky. Frankly, it means more than it probably should. Oh yeah. I I think sometimes it's hard for the average fan to be able to put some things in perspective the way he or she should. I fall in that category too, but John Calipari understands and is able to tap into that truly unbridled passion that we have in the Commonwealth for basketball. And he's been able to do that by and large for good. He's been able to leverage good things and good events and to help people, to help causes. And I, yeah, I mean, just so much respect for that. But you know what else he's done in the off season? He's won the off season. Winning changes everything. He's won the off season with the guys that have said yes And the opportunities that he's had that he's been able to capitalize on. And that's why he's in a better position. But you know what? He's also maybe had to reflect a little bit on some swings and misses that he had. Or some uh, backwards Ks. Some strikeouts when he didn't take that swing. And he's changed his approach to some things. And he's had success with that. And that's going to, I think, deliver a fantastic... 2022,
2: 2023 season. Yeah, you know, I want to add on to that. I know this is a completely separate topic to what's going on in eastern Kentucky, but um uh, I always uh you know heard this saying or whether I was in the fraternity life in undergrad or they'd always tell me, you know, no man is an island. No man is by himself. We all rely on others for our own success. We rely on others to survive. And I think he's finally grasped the idea that hey, it this is not just me. I'm not just the puppet master. And so you've seen him and, and I just a small sidebar is that the difference between really good programs and elite programs like Duke, like Kentucky at their best is the details. How do you pay attention to the details in your life? The the most important things is how do you pay attention to the details? It's like the 80, 20 rule, you know, like you know, 80% of the effort takes 80% of the way it takes 20% of the effort, but the last 20% takes the 80, 80% of the effort. And so he's, you've seen him go, go through and revamp the coaching staff, get Antigua back, get Chin Coleman, who's a stud recruiter, get Katie Turner. Who's got incredible connections. He's, he's got a new strength and conditioning coach. Um, He got a new uh, video coordinator. Shout out to the new admin, the new video guy. He's, he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it. Um uh Shout out to, you know, from what I've heard, improving the relationship with nike all these little things that he's done which i wish he had done sooner but better late than never is making a difference where everything is working in conjunction where the momentum is back on our side where we're feel like the cool program again and it's super exciting because we we got a taste of what it was like before we were the cool program and we hated it <laughs> we didn't like it <laughs> and um that just to show you, like, you, gotta, you have to have a lot of charisma to be able to do that. You have to have a lot of um, open-mindedness, and we complained a lot about Cal being stubborn. And now he's finally being open-minded. He's, he's being flexible, and wow, it's a beautiful thing. It,
1: well, it's, 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 juxtapose ahead, that to uh, from today to where we were the day after we lost to St. Peter's. Like, th- if that was not a sky-is-falling moment for Kentucky fandom, I don't know what was. And so much has changed in the last few months. It's it's incredible.
0: You know, it's like he brought in like a Lean Six Sigma black belt (laughs) to to like like, we're gonna like look at the whole fucking process here, and we're gonna look for all the deficiencies. And he found out the deficiencies. Cal would make
2: a great consultant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He found every problem. And he, he put in a I mean, solution he, for it.
2: Let's, uh, he had a lot of advice. He had a lot of advice for a long time that he finally listened to. So credit to him who listened to him. But credit for him also to not having any more having yes men around you. It's not good to surround yourself and listen, kids. It's not good to surround yourself with people who tell you yes all the time. It's not good for your development. It's not good for you. It's not good for whether you're president or whether you're, whether you're anything. People need to challenge you at every point. People need to say, hey, no, you're wrong. I think you're wrong. Hey, I think you could be better. Um, you don't want to hear opinions that are the same. You want to hear opinions that are different because that's where you grow.
1: But, but, you know, there's also skill associated with not only doing that, But being able to distinguish and differentiate between those opinions that are different than yours that are good and those that are crap. Absolutely. And being able to identify the ones that are good and accept those without taking the crap, that's skilled. And I'll give the man credit for that, too.
2: Absolutely. And and, uh, last, I just want to say, like, you're absolutely right. Like, I have been far and I've been wide across these United States and I have never, uh, never never met the amount of passion that people have for kentucky basketball and it's inexplicable like i'm like an example of that like i lived in kentucky from 1996 to 2002 uh my my granted my aunt and al- uh uncle are alumni going back you know to the melvin turpin sambui days they were they were at uk but it's just like i'm just so obsessed with it i spent i don't know what two hours on a space today on twitter right before this I was on a space last night. I was on a space on Sunday. Like I just, this is so much about who I am. My wife just bless her heart. She accepts accepts it, and she's like, "It's okay if you're ready to be hurt again. You're ready to be hurt again." <laughs> then, but like, God
1: bless they, her for that. I don't. I don't, I don't know her.
2: if any other fan base is doing that. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't feel like they have that passion. And that's not to say that they're not fans. It's just, I, I just feel like it's so cool and awesome that. It, it, it's like the only thing I can compare to it to it is like maybe um, people who follow Premier League soccer, but less. I don't think that people at Premier League soccer are
3: this passionate. I don't know.
0: No, we are a rare breed. Like yeah. we like live and breathe it, and we die by it. Like when we lose it, like twenty fifteen was. Yeah, it was I don't want to talk about it. I don't. Know. I don't either. But. <laughs> But yeah.
1: <laughs> Terry, you right. said we, we, we die that way. You've seen University of Kentucky coffins, have you not? We, we yeah. have our own coffins. I mean, I'm sure we're not the only school, but we have our own Buried in them. And with all their wow. memorabilia buried in it. Like, people we get- are so willing to put ourselves out there and to subject ourselves to immense ridicule when we have a bad season, when we lose a game, when we. Do something we're not supposed to, but yet we're still willing to do that because we feel like, I feel like at least, I'll speak just for myself, that there is a greater chance of a championship, a greater chance of a final four. There's a greater chance of something positive and good to root for than there is the chance that we're going to fail. And it's that waking up every morning thinking, today's the day. And with Kentucky basketball, every day can be that day. And this year is going to be that.
2: Hey, what happens the day after we win a championship in Kentucky? What happens the day after? (laughs)
1: A (laughs) lot of people are getting the hangover. No, it's
2: it's always who we recruiting. What's going on for next season? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next – I've been there. I've known it. Next day. Okay, we won a championship last night. Okay, that was expected. Okay, what's next? What's next? (laughs) What are we doing? Who are we getting next season? What's our next season look lookout? Yeah, it's amazing because basketball never stops in Kentucky. Look I have a shirt, I have a Kentucky yeah. show. Basketball never stops.
0: Dude, what are we doing right now? <laughs> we're doing a <laughs> podcast in August about Kentucky basketball. And people will listen to it. And bourbon. <laughs> and bourbon. And bourbon, of course. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> Let's talk about that recruiting stuff because we had a pretty big last couple weeks. So Justin Edwards, you got a Kingsley. Shay, you want to go for it first? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I am stoked. I'm absolutely excited because Justin Edwards has been my favorite player in the class for two years. I probably you guys have been hearing me say it. I love Justin Edwards. Number one, Justin Edwards reminds me of a little bit of Tayshawn Prince, a young Tayshawn Prince, which he's been my he's my favorite cat of all time. So I'm a little biased there, but just in a vacuum. He's an outstanding two-way player. He plays the game the right way. I think cat fans will be really excited because he's a very, like, um, uh, he's very, not quiet, but, like, very straight-to-the-point young man where he'll be very upfront and honest. And I think that 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 Kentucky upfront and honest really appealed to him. Um, he's a guy that um, he played for team final in uh, in the EYBL, one of the best players in the EYBL this past season. Um he can shoot the ball. He's he's a really he's got the lefty stroke. He can shoot the ball pretty well. Um still working on that. He could drive to the bucket, he can get his shot from all three levels. But as good as his offense is, his defense is, is elite. Like he's getting out in passing lanes. Um he's got some really great explosiveness. Um, I, I think I got I got pretty much destroyed on the message boards for this, but I I told everyone he reminds me like of a comp. It reminds me of a very young guard oriented Tayshawn prince but you see like glimpses of malik monk explosiveness in there okay um just the way that he he just the way that he carries himself on the court i'm super excited for him and i think um i was really disappointed when tennessee was trending for him and because I, so, I really wanted Ed- justin edwards more than any other player in the class to be a cat i really like his game like i one of the things I really love, you can, you can probably tell in my voice, I'm like really excited to have him, is that um, he's a wiry, strong guy. He's like pretty thin. But watching his tape, you'll notice that he doesn't shy away from contact. He goes into contact. For a really young player, from speaking from experience and watching other young players, that's a really great sign for future success. Like someone that doesn't shy away from contact, because like shying away from contact – Really affects your game, but if you're willing, even at a lower weight, to accept contact and you're and you can finish through it, that means that as soon as you get stronger and bigger, it's going to be even better for you. And so, um, I really think that he could probably, you know, he's going to be starter at small forward, but I could see him moving over to four. Uh, there, he's listed like a six, seven, 190, but I, I've heard that he's up, might be up to six eight now. Um, he could play a small ball four he is a guy that is going to be excellent with other good players around him. I think the Tennessee appeal, um, first of all, this guy always wanted to be at Kentucky. He always wanted to be a cat from the beginning, but Kentucky doing the right thing was casting a wide net. They were going after Mookie. They're going after Ron. They're still going after Ron. They're going after other small forwards in the class, like Matas, who's a very good player in his own right. And they were basically, you know, Crossing all, their, uh, crossing all their T's, dotting all their I's, doing their, their due diligence. And Justin Edwards was like, hey, you know, if you really want me, why aren't you not only recruiting me? And so they're like, hey, we'll stop. We want you. And when when Kentucky put the full court press, when they gave him a really good NIL package, it was a done deal. And uh, that's to the unfortunate uh, Tennessee fans. And so I'm really <laughs> excited to have him as a cat. I'm really excited for Kentucky to actually close a recruitment due to NIL, due to like putting in the work We're going to be very excited uh, knowing that he's a cat. And the last thing I'll say is that, you know, he he kind of realized that working with team final, that being on a team with a lot of other good players actually makes him better. I think he had to be the man for a couple sessions and it was kind of tough getting going, knowing that you're getting double teams the whole time. But when he realized, okay, I'm going to have Dilly on my team. I might even have DJ Wagner on my team, Um, whoever else that we get, like, you know, Reed Shepard's gonna be on the we should talk about Reed Shepard later. Um yeah. he's like, hey, no one, you know, I'm gonna have a one-on-one all day. He's gonna be a great
3: player for the gas. I'm excited. I love him.
0: I think he's probably the best. I think he'll be the number one player in the class when it's all said and done.
3: Wow. It's a it's a normally weak class. Yeah. But I think that if anyone deserves it, it might be him.
2: Or it, it depends on how you look at the rankings. Because first of all, rankings don't mean anything. So don't look at rankings and then it's not a be-all, end-all. It's it's just an arbitrary rough estimation.
3: Of how good starting point. Are. Yeah. So Xavier Booker is a guy that, going to Michigan State, probably yeah. has the highest potential in the class. Is it right now the number one in the class?
2: I think Justin Edwards doesn't have the potential that Xavier Booker has.
3: But right now, is a more finished product to be that number one. So, why did the Cats kind of stop going for Booker? Was it just because of Justin? Was it just Cal? He's been a pretty strong Michigan State lean from the beginning. Okay.
2: I know Duke was really hard on him. Duke thought they could get him at some point in his recruitment, Duke stopped recruiting him as well. There are rumors that he may even go to the G League, so he may not even be a done deal to Michigan State. Also, he's been very inconsistent. Like He showed flashes of brilliance, but he hasn't really put it all together. He's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player, too. But they stopped recruiting KJ Evans just because he never really built up to his living, and he's going to go to Oregon um, in the next couple of days, so you'll see that, but Recently started playing well, but a, a guy that a lot of people compared to like EJ Montgomery, who was, you know, showed flashes of being like a yeah inside out four man, you know, could have been a really high, high, high lottery pick, but never really put it together. Yeah. They feel the same way about KJ
0: Evans. Gotcha. Yeah. EJ Montgomery was one that. Oh, man. There's he so left much me wanting more. So yeah, much potential exactly. there. So much potential. Um, but uh, Justin Edwards, to me, like he, six, he's six seven, one eighty, one ninety, like get him on campus with a strength coach, dude. That's that's what he needs. Just get a little bit stronger, put a little more weight on. But he's he's really good. I, eh? I like we were talking about this months ago about his recruitment, and I thought Tennessee had this thing locked up, and Cal just decided to go all in, right, and just took over the recruitment.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think it was ever a situation where Kentucky didn't like him. I think it was more like he just wanted to feel the love before he committed. Uh Rod Clark who's a really great assistant coach at Tennessee, he did a bang-up job getting a great great relationship with Edwards, but Edwards it, it was the brand. Like the brand was like Tennessee couldn't compete no. with Kentucky's brand. Uh no matter what of a what good job that 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 Clark did and and considering that I know a lot of people, I've, I've gotten a lot of mini arguments with people saying that, like, oh, we stole him from Tennessee. Kentucky was hard on Justin Edwards for a year before Tennessee even got, like, kind of, you know, they were considered the leader. So, if anything, we reasserted the dominance. We reasserted the leading that we should have. And I really think that we should have got him locked up earlier. But anyway, he's, 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 he's here. We got him. Uh, we're going to be really excited to have him. Yeah, I'm super excited because he's, he's the kind of wing that kind of does go to Tennessee. And like, I know Tennessee was like uh, selling him on, you know, you'll be the next Josiah Jordan James, who's a very good player in the SEC. He's also a senior. Why the hell is he a senior?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> he's not that good.
0: I should say the next Tobias Harris or something yeah, yeah. Yes. like
2: why are you a five-star senior still on campus? Like Kentucky was like, yeah, you'll be long gone before.
1: Like- <laughs> we will develop you and send you to the association.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Kentucky eats first. So yeah, I right. Understand that he's a good. He's good.
2: He deserves the number one ranking. I think over. I call him Midbaco, Mackenzie <laughs> Midbaco, M- like t- DJ Wagner's teammate. He had a good EYBL. I'll give it to him. He shot well in the EYBL. He shot like garbage the first three sessions. He wasn't a very good player. He's like an undersized man who kind of doesn't know who he is on the court. Isn't a great outside shooter. When he comes to college, he's going to struggle. Just Edwards is better than me, better than him. Dillingham is better than him. I think the top three prospects are like Dillingham, Booker and Edwards in no
0: specific order. In my opinion. Dilly, 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 dilly. So, Uganda kingsley so michael's gonna like this guy i'll let you talk about him shay but obviously six eleven, maybe close to seven feet tall defensive specialist shot blocker galore tons upside rough offensively but he's a cat and he's going to reclassify
2: yeah he's going to join the team this year i've heard that um from good sources that he actually may play it's not out of the it's not out of the question because they don't think he's going to be a four-year guy Um, Watching the tape, uh, he now looks bit bigger than that 6'11, 225. He was or 190 or whatever. He looks like a legit seven foot player, uh, legit 230 pounds. Under Brady Walsh, with a year, he may be, get up to 245, 250 pounds. Um, he's one of the better shot blockers, one of the best shot blockers to come through high school basketball. He's only been in the States a year. Uh, he came from the um, uh, NBA Academy in uh, Senegal. He's Nigerian, but he played at the NBA Academy in Senegal. Played for Putnam Science uh, in Connecticut, which is Hamadou Diallo's former program. So I think the connection there, Hamadou Diallo's former coach, kind of sent him to Kentucky. Um, I was told that all the other visits he took, all the other visits that he was supposed to take, they're all for show. He was Kentucky's guy (laughs) from the beginning. Uh, Kentucky was supposed to land him, it was just a matter of time. The offensive tape. Um, he is slightly raw when it comes to the offense end, but I'm going to caution and say, I've seen much more raw players than him. <laughs> like, it's not bad. I, I It's not bad by any means. Like coming to Kentucky, even a freshman, sophomore, like freshman year, he's not going to be asked to like do his turnaround hook. He's not going to be asked to score points. Sophomore year, he may be asked to do it once in a while it's like kind of a Nick Richards progression where by the junior year, you're super comfortable with it. Um, He's not as raw as I expected to be. And especially in our transition offense, where you're running up and down the court, he has great hands. He really runs the court really hard where he'll beat his man down the court. He'll get the blob or he'll get the, he'll get the fast break uh, pass. Dunk it. He's got great size. That's all in the offense. The defense is outstanding. He's He's switchable. Um, it's a it's, it's a no brainer take, and I mean at the at worst he's insurance policy. It's someone that you get as a transfer. At best, a year or two from now, he's your starting center. Yeah, and he's he's got a high character kid. I watched the interview with him this morning. He really thanked everyone, like his all his coaches from Nigeria to all the way to the Putnam Science. I was really excited to have him. I think he's going to be a great kid. He really connected with Oscar on his visit. Oh, uh, he man. kept talking about that in an interview. He's like, I really liked Oscar. I, love, I I feel like me and him, we all have big personalities. He has like he's really smile. He smiles a lot as a kid. Oscar okay. smiles a lot. He's like we're both we both smile a lot. We have great personalities, but we're both humble, you know. And I thought that was awesome.
1: Well, you're gonna sell a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna block some shots. Yeah. I, I I I'm gonna love this guy. I don't perceive him as the t- the type of offensive player that we're gonna run plays with or run plays around. But you know what? We're not gonna to have to. I think he's always going to to get the points he's going to get. He's going to get off of offensive rebounds, putbacks. Uh, he'll be the 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 occasional lob on the break. And if he scores eight points a game, that's fantastic because he's going to get three and a half blocks a game. He's going to have double digit rebounds a game. I see a big potential, a big upside for him, and the fact that he's a high character guy, uh, smiling in the mold of uh, the, the current uh player of the year. I, I, I like that. I like people that enjoy doing what they do, have fun doing it, and are damn good at it at the same time. And he he's that. Yeah, absolutely
3: absolutely great kid. And I've heard also
2: little nugget that this might also not be Oscar's last year. So you know get out.
0: Care. That yeah. that freaks me out though. That, it does. I don't
2: I, believe I, it. I don't but, I'm
0: not used to hope like that.
2: I mean, I've 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 heard this going up to UK that they think that Oscar's uh, Oscar's brother is joining Kentucky as a football player. And like, yeah, Oscar's brother is joining Kentucky as a football player. I don't know if you heard. I forget his name, but uh, DeBaba, Debaba, I think his name is uh, Debaba Shebwe. He's gonna be a defensive end. Uh, lowly ranked defensive end but you joining the, the football team as, as, as a as a as a football player and oscar might want to like spend time with him and you know i've heard some not done deals though you know oscar might be around uh believe it or not um but you know kingsley great player
1: that's crazy
0: yeah that's great that's, that's, that's crazy, crazy to talk is, is any concerns about him reclassifying going to uk potentially being a
1: Eligible for the oh, draft because like people are it's, talking it's about this is this right right
0: yeah,
2: is it shady sharp? Yeah, uh, not on my end. You know, it's a different. It, everyone keeps saying this It's a different situation, different situation. It is sharp was considered a lotto pick from the beginning. Kingsley is it's not that he's not considered a pick. It's more like you know he's not ga- guaranteed a top twelve or top first round pick. I wouldn't be concerned because he's coming to develop. He's still really young. Um, one of the things I want to say about him that I didn't get the chance to say is that he's got a great frame. I don't know if it's hard to hard to quantify when someone has a great frame. But I think people always compare him to Aaron Bradshaw, who's a very skilled player, who Kentucky still might add, believe it or not. But he's very narrow shouldered, like a Damian Collins, very narrow-shouldered, kind of a naturally skinny, naturally long lead guy, where Kingsley is more like. You know, I've got the shoulders, I got the width, like David Anthony Davis, you could tell, like, hey, I'm w- I'm gonna add weight to me and I'm gonna be massive, right? But I'm still I'm I got I've got a good like girth to me where you don't feel the same way about Collins, you feel like he's narrow, like he's he's got a small chest. But with Kingsley, he's huge, like he already is big. It's just can we add weight to that? And it looks like we already are adding weight to that. Seven foot, two thirty pounds already. With one year with Brady Welch, which I've been told is like running laps around the previous competition, the Dude. previous coaching Coach competition coach, Look at Toppin. Yeah. Top, we talked about That's it. Right? I tweeted this out. Freak. Toppin looks like a fucking Terminator. Dude.
0: <laughs> he he might hurt people that don't think he's like first team SEC.
2: And, and Toppin, like his brother, this is the this is the time his brother took the step. Yep. Not saying he is his brother. He's better than his brother, that's all I'm saying.
3: Oh, <laughs> genet- genet-
0: You're going to catch gen- so much crap for that. Genetics matter, dude. Yeah.
2: Let's not compare Obi to like a prime athlete like like uh Jacob. Obi <laughs> played at lowly Dayton. Jacob actually plays at Kentucky. I, I, thank oh you. What is it Eight, 89 was it 100 how many miles separate uh, Dayton and 200, like 200, 200, 300 miles, like it's, it's pretty close, but it's too, not. On the too same.
0: many, too many miles. It's,
2: it's yeah. not on the same stratosphere, sorry. No, um, not. Uh,
0: Go Flyers, go, go Flyers. Flyers.
2: We well, all love the Flyers. Uh, but, uh, but Kingsley, dude, you have a 7-foot, 245-pound center in the SEC that can bang, that can block shots and get rebounds. You're, You're freaking
0: me out, Shay. I'm thinking like Patrick Ewing and shit, man. I'm, no, no,
2: no. I'm not a Louisville fan who called like, what they called. They called Aaron Brashaw like Hakeem, Tim Duncan or
3: something.
0: Oh, my <laughs> really? I right, take it Come down a notch. Now. Take it down a notch. All right. How about Reed Shepard versus Dillingham in Vegas at the Las Vegas big time finale? So, you know, being a Kentucky boy, we want Reed Shepard to be great. He actually looked pretty good, guys. I mean, 16 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists in a game and I mean, I was watching it while I was on like Twitter spaces or something, but it was like he looked pretty good. He yeah. some nice dimes. He he was he looked like the best player out there. Yeah. That's but, what they said. Yeah, he wa- he he
2: was the best player out there in terms of how he looked. I think I don't know exactly how this tournament works, strife, but strife for greatness was um kind of built from a lot of mercenaries, like guys that don't actually play together, like Dillingham, Mookie Cook. Uh, I don't know who else was on that team. They don't actually always play together on that team. Like
1: it was lo- a super team.
0: I, I love the yeah. fact he used the term mercenaries. Yeah,
2: yeah awesome. right? <laughs> like, I, I don't know what exactly this tournament was, but all Guns I know, for All higher. I know, this team doesn't <laughs> normally play together in that tournament. Like, they, they don't, they're not a team, but Midwest Ohio is a team um they played together just like uh you know Travis Perry and Badunga, uh Flory play together so that team midwest how they knew who they were they yeah. knew what they were going to do they played they played like the warriors out there they were moving the ball they were shooting threes um i was very i mean i think the the whole nation was super you, impressed with uh with Weecher- right.
0: that team looked so well balanced i
2: was but, like cal like look at their offense let's do what they do <laughs>
0: <laughs> just implement it reed break <laughs> oh it
2: uh, reed looked fantastic like he looked great on defense he was in passing lanes um he was hitting threes um, i don't think he's going to be able to take the shots that he took at that level and it won't be as easy but reed did not look reed is not a guy that is out of place at the high major level like he I, belongs I think there that's him
0: that's important
2: that's the point. Yeah, like at the uh, Pango's camp, he didn't look good the first few days. I, I even heard like some very well respected scouts say he was the worst player there. Ooh, but 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 by the by the second sec, the two last games he showed out. He regained everything that he he, he had said that I think he and uh, shout out to Travis Graf. But Travis Graf, me and him were having a conversation, and he said, you know, some players are not the kind that look best at camps. Some players look really good in the game setting. And Reed is one of those guys. Camp is not where he doesn't know what his role is. He doesn't know what are the good players he's playing against. He's used to being the guy, but he adjusts quickly. He adjusts so quickly. And when it comes to like these all-star events where he's the guy for his team, he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows where he's supposed to be. I'm excited to have him. He's like, he's not as athletic as his dad was. I think. I was talking. I was in a. I was in a Twitter space the other day, and um, I think I was the only one who's old enough to watch his dad play in college.
0: Right. And that made
2: Ugh. I wanted to cry. I was like, "Let me go jump off a bridge."
0: I know. <laughs> There's a lot of youngins out there in those Twitter spaces. He. he no, Jeff Shepard was amazing, dude. He could yeah. jump out of the gym.
2: He was extremely athletic. Yep. But I don't think he was as skilled offensively as Reed is.
0: I think Reed is exactly right. Yeah. Reed can shoot, pass. He's actually a better defender than I thought he was.
2: You know, like on in baseball where they call you a five-tool player. Right. You, know, you can do everything. Reed strikes me as the type of dude that, like, all right, I'll run point guard. I'll distribute the ball. I'll do this. I'm a basketball oh. player. Like uh, like Randall Cobb was for Kentucky, like uh Lynn Bowden was for Kentucky. Like, I am here to be on the court. I will do whatever it takes to win. I'm a ball player. I'm I'm a ball ball player. player. I play ball. Shay,
1: I I think that's a great point. I I, I perceive Reed as being a cerebral player that understands his competition and understand what what he's up against and what he delivers in any particular game may be different depending upon the competition. He doesn't try to do the same thing because this is what he's good at, so he's just going to shoot. Or he's going to get in the lane because he has the ability to do that. Like He's going to take a step back, He's going to understand Absolutely. what the landscape is. And then he's going to decide what his best play, what his best choice is. And I really appreciate that because I think what that means is he has a great court awareness and he's going to be a great general on the court itself.
2: Absolutely. Like 100%, like he, he takes what the defense gives him. He doesn't, he's never sped up. That is super yeah. impressive Yes, from a, from a high major prospect from any prospect from any basketball player to show at this age at 17 years old or 16, I don't know, I don't know but yes, so I am not going to 17. Basketball is a game of, uh, of uh, pace and yep. knowing that I'm not going to play to the defense defense's pace. I'm not going to get sped up because they're trying to speed me up. He plays at his own pace all the time. And that is right. mature basketball. You know, you don't get that until you're a lot older. He understands that. Um, and I don't want to say he's limited because he's not limited. His athleticism is really great. He'll dunk on you, um, but he's just a very well-rounded basketball player. It's impressive to watch. It's really nice to watch. Um, it's hard to know how good he'll be as a freshman at Kentucky, but I have no doubt if he stays multiple years, this guy's gonna be you know your starting shooting guard. Uh, hopefully, you know Kentucky legend because I feel like he might be bringing it full circle. I'm hoping. Yeah. If- I'm hoping that it's written in the cards that like your dad won it, your daddy won it, and now it's your turn. And it's just going to be like he's going to be like a prodigal son coming home. But forget all that. If you went to another school, a school is getting a really good player because yeah. he was the best player on the court. Dillingham did what he Dillingham does, which is, yeah. you know, handle the ball, look for open guys, shoot shots. You want someone in the, at the end of the shot clock to create for you? Dillingham's going to do that. Mookie Cook, he did nothing. I'm I'm just no. gonna say that yeah, I was very I was not impressed with Mookie Cook. He did not underwhelmed.
0: Much. Yeah, underwhelmed. But
2: uh, Reed looked like the best player on the court. Yeah,
0: yeah. Dilly was 11 and forced. So it wasn't like the worst player on the court, but Reed was fantastic. Yeah, Dillingham
2: needs a cow to like
0: reel him in. Yeah, kind of like
2: you know, just kind of like refine those things because he's just a, he's like a a raw piece of marble that is beautiful, but you got to chisel away till you get that perfect thing. He reminds me a lot of like a, like a Brandon Jennings, like a, like a, like a Ryan Harrow without like a Ryan Harrow was a really good player in high school. Yeah. Just a guy that like really needs to be reeled in. But here, here this, it's a lot easier to reel in a guy going crazy than it is to speed up someone that with no with no drive. You know what I mean? A guy with no like killer mentality it's harder to get them to have that killer mentality
0: than it is to get a guy with that killer mentality and, and, and reel it in. Totally agree. All right. Two more things. Uh, update on Aaron Bradshaw and your thoughts on Ron Holland.
3: I'll let Michael go. Michael, you, you got anything to say? Uh,
1: I I just texted you guys. Um, I just poured another triple of the smoke wagon. I'm liking it more now. So <laughs> I, I I want to talk more about the bourbon. uh this this bourbon is starting to hit a little bit here we go and i gotta say it's uh the second pour is imminently more drinkable than the first pour okay i started with a three barrel i'm gonna i'm gonna up my rating i'm gonna up it to a 3.5 we'll see there we go maybe a four but at at this point it has gone from a three to 3.5 and i'm pretty happy with that
0: here's what you do next time you're with Tim. You and Tim sit down, you pour some of that small batch, and you buy a cigar.
1: So, c- there's a cigar store right next to Dan Bruce. This, this is a cigar bourbon. Oh, so, you're blowing my mind right now. So, Michael you're answered ready? that
2: just like a politician. Like, he didn't answer the question, he just deflected it. <laughs> he was a sure, Kellyanne You're going to
1: answer the question. I'm with, answering my own question. He's a Kellyanne
2: Conway right there. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: All right, nice. Well, you know, if you're going to shout out bourbon, I'm going to review this bourbon later. These guys can see it on video. It's Uh the uh the the it's actually the Kirkland Small Batch by Barton Master Distillers Kentucky Straight Bourbon, ninety two proof. We talked about it a little bit. I'll I'll review it much later, but it tastes like bananas Foster.
3: Oh, my God. and I love so good.
2: Which is which is it? it, It's 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 fucking outstanding because like oh, it is a
0: liter. It was like thirty bucks
3: a liter. Yeah.
0: All right that's all right yeah. that is awesome dude even matt's sack can afford that dude well, you know matt sack doesn't deserve that though. but know. by
2: the way matt, matt's i don't know if you heard of courtside connect today but matt's pronunci- not, he's matt's had pro- like
0: he's had like four podcasts in yeah. like one day i don't know
2: Matt's pronunciation of admin i can't like
0: what I, is it i, I, what I texted is it?
2: him today I, I can't pronounce it I said,
0: i texted him today because he always
2: like weirdly pronounces things i texted him today and i was like dude i know you're from chicago one of my best friends is from chi- chicago, as chicago, was, chicago
0: chicago chicago
2: and like say it and i was like i know you guys pronounce things weird but like you take it to the next level and like i don't even know what to say when you pronounce things like that you know what i think he said like admin he said admin <laughs> <laughs> what's all right. that
3: he was uh-huh. talking
2: about the kentucky uh admin like the kentucky guy that posts about the videos and, uh, and
0: oh, yeah. oh, oh the new guy the, the new, new guy. guy yeah and uh we should, but, we should buy buy another bottle of that bourbon yeah and we'll ship it to matt sack and tell him to freaking drink it before he's i podcast. remember I,
2: yo a little story about matt sack i love Matt. great guy I do too but, he's amazing uh, but before uh before vegas when we all met up i i i told him i was like hey matt like, oh, you're going to Vegas? I'll be there too. We'll meet up. And then I was like, texting him like all these bars and restaurants he should go to. And I was like, you should go to this bar. You should go to this restaurant. Like, you know, this place has the best cocktails. And he's like, oh, well, I'm 19. So I can't
0: drink. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't stop that motherfucker. (laughs) And I was was, like,
2: oh, crap, I forgot. I know. I know.
0: We're, 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 We're at that table, right? We're at that table. I'm like, uh, ah, fuck it. It's over. I got him
2: a drink But I forgot that he can't just, I was like, oh, you should go to these clubs. And he's like, yeah, I can't
0: really do anything. And yeah, then I was my, like, M- Michael messed up. You should have been in Vegas.
1: Man, but, but I'm, I'm going to make up for that because we're going to be in Manhattan. We're going to be yeah. in oh. New York City. Yeah. Is that yeah. not going to be the best? Oh my God. Yeah. We're going to be in New York. I'm no already on, I, I'm
0: on the, the liver transplant school. list.
2: Yeah. We're gonna be Man, a jack This Dempsey's. is gonna be amazing. We're gonna get uh we're gonna get steaks in New York. It's gonna be great. We might be, Can't or, wait. Yeah. All right. Well what what were you asking Ron Holland and Aaron Bradshaw?
0: What well, were you gotta know what's going on with Aaron and his mama.
2: Yeah, so I was uh I've been texting a few people, talking to a few people on uh Twitter. Um so first of all, Kentucky really loves Aaron Bradshaw. They really like his skill level. Um, I think that there might be overrating how good he is, but I'm not going to argue with Orlando Antigua and John Calipari on their player development. They think that he might be an Anthony Davis type of talent. I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think he has got a lot of, I think a good comp for him would be like a Derek Lively. Remember like a Derek Lively is like an inside, an outside inside four man that's got some range. Um, He's very he's very slender. He doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones, but he's been he's worked he's played alongside DJ Wagner for four years. He's played alongside uh, Mackenzie M- Mbako uh, for the Scholars at AAU. Um, so he's played at the highest levels. He's inc- in, he's continued to improve. He loves Kentucky. He absolutely loves Kentucky. If it was up to him, he'd be a cat, but. People in a circle are really enamored with the G League. They think he might be good enough to go pro. They think he might want to, you know, they may want to cash on on that. I know he's not super happy about that, but you know what? This is how basketball recruiting goes. Um, that's kind of why they got Kingsley as an insurance policy. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing I've told other people.
3: Kentucky getting Aaron Bradshaw is better for Aaron Bradshaw. Does that, does yeah. that make sense? Does that yeah. make sense? Yep. Like, it's sure. good for him. But Kentucky, yeah. like, Kentucky
2: doesn't need Aaron Bradshaw. Yep. Like, we could easily go get a transfer portal big Yep. to be better in that one year. But if Bradshaw comes, he'll develop in that one year, right? So, getting a transfer portal big is better for Kentucky is what I'm trying to say. Um. So that's what's going on for Aaron Bradshaw. I think he was very insistent on committing Kentucky. I don't, I'm not speaking in facts, but I'm thinking that maybe his circle was like, Hey, maybe wait for a G league offer. Maybe see what kind of money they offer you. Cause he didn't have one at that point. He loves Kentucky players. He like, If you watch on Twitter, he comments on Instagram, he comments on everything related to Kentucky. He's very close with the staff. So it's really a handler situation there, which happens. Yeah. Um,
0: it's his mom mainly though, right?
2: No, it, I think it's the handlers talking to his mom. <laughs> I don't think it's his mom, mom. It's it's his bigger circle. And you know, with a lot of these kids, credit to John Califari, yeah. because a, as a financial advisor, Michael, you probably know this, like cut out the people who are using you as a paycheck.
0: Thank you very much. If oh my they God, really yeah.
2: care about you, they'll realize that investment in you is more like, you know, hey, Give, fix me up with a job somewhere you know and, and like a lot of people use these kids as a paycheck but the but the better use of time is down the road you know where they're, they're a pro and they can they can provide value to you
1: go ahead Shay, please. what what you've just described is the difference between short-term mentality and long- term exactly if you exactly. want the paycheck right now that's fine if you take that I mean there's no shame in that but you'll take X if you play the long game, you may have X plus something very much more significant, and not everybody is able to play that game, not everybody's willing to play that game, but for the people who are and do, it usually pays off better for everybody involved
2: exactly like you know you know but but these these handlers know as soon as they get to Kentucky, Cal's going to tell them to cut them off, focus on yourself, focus on you and your family, and so I get
3: it. And so they're all, I think a lot of them are pushing him to the G League. But Aaron himself wants to be at Kentucky, which is awesome. And that
2: kind of relates it to Ron Holland, which is, Ron Holland is, first of all, I watched the FIBA under 17, I think it was. Okay. And and, um, Ron Holland was a guy that I was kind of like ambivalent on, if that makes sense.
0: Sure. Why is that?
2: He's an undersized foreman. He's like 6'8", 100 195 200 pounds.
3: Okay.
2: Um not super big, not super bouncy. You know, just kind of like I, I if I were to compare him, it would be like a less bouncy Keon Brooks. Ooh. And Ooh. I wasn't super high on him. I was like, "You know what? He is what he is. He's not like a fantastic shooter from deep." But you know what I learned from talking to people, talking to shout out John John Perrine, that he's been on that before for a long time. Is that he's a winner? He affects the win loss column okay. more than any other player, and so he's the batters. guy. This is Dude, the guy that right? gets after it on rebounds. That plays every possession 100. percent is, is he
0: like the Michael Kidd Gilchrist? We need? kind of yeah, he's Ooh, kind, he kind of is
2: like that. And that's actually a good comparison. I have never thought about that before. He's a guy that gets after it on every possession, no matter what his role is. And Arkansas is a team that's he's really high on. That's Selling him on being him the guy, but he's not the kind of guy player that you know, he's kind of like a complimentary piece that was awesome on a championship team. And so I've heard that after that FIBA thing, I mean, I'm no surprise because I watched it, Kentucky's yeah. super high on Ron Holland. Because this guy's motor is amazing. Like he gets after it, he competes, he um he gets rebounds. Really that,
0: that's, that's MKG. Yeah, like, yeah, that, like that, describing him right now. Yep. Like,
2: his size doesn't show up in the box score. It's more like you're kind of like you look at the box score and you're like, "Holy shit, he did all that stuff," you know. And his three point shot is developing. And so, yeah. from what I've heard, is Kentucky is prioritizing him. They are kind of convincing him to come. His dad is like his dad. If you heard Kyle Tucker's put an article out, his dad is like an awesome character. And right, he's liking Kentucky and Arkansas stuff.
0: Okay, um, I so think
2: it. I think we, it's a situation where Kentucky takes one of Aaron or Ron Holland, whichever wants to commit first. Okay. And I think it's like, if you want someone that's got more skills, that's more like, you know, fun, you're going to take Aaron Bradshaw. But I think if you want more wins, losses, you're going to take
0: uh, Holland.
2: Ron Holland. You know, he's not the exact same player. Last thing I'll say is you know, he's not the exact same player because P.J. Washington was like, way bigger, but remember PJ Washington was like played bigger than his position where like he yeah. affected wins and losses. Like yeah. PJ Washington was an enforcer. He got the rebounds. He made the plays at the right time.
0: That's kind of guy, guy. Long arms. You know, with uh with Holland Both from
2: Texas by the way. Both from
0: Texas. Exactly. So Holland for for the longest time I always considered him to be an Arkansas lane just because of the propaganda put out there, right?
3: Yeah. But no one, no one's really. I like,
0: I, I like him, man. I, I think he no, he's a great that. player.
2: No one's put out like definitive crystal balls. I mean, Ramon, who is like a kind <laughs> of like a, I an ancillary insider said that like he wants him to go to Arkansas. But I think the longer this goes, the better it is for Kentucky. Um, uh, I think I feel pretty confident. I know people are like kind of waiting on Aaron Bradshaw. They're blaming Aaron Bradshaw. It's mm. not his fault. He wants to be a Kentucky Wildcat. Other factors are point, pulling him in different directions. I think Kentucky takes one of one of the two, yeah. calls it a day, and yeah. then sees what happens with DJ Wagner, sees what happens with Ian, Ian Jackson.
0: Anything with DJ Wagner? Any new updates? Are we still in a holding pattern? Are we going to look, look at the tea leaves? Look at Nike? What What's your thoughts?
2: I, I just think keep an eye out for him taking visits. If he doesn't take any visits, pretty telling he's going to Kentucky. I think a lot of the Nike stuff that's happened recently has kind of pushed him in Kentucky's direction. Um I don't know any inside information either or I know a lot of the insiders are pretty confident now on him going to Kentucky. Um but Shay
1: Shay, where else would he visit? Louisville. Uh, but ha- i I thought he I assumed he already had done that.
2: He might have, but that's what there's that's what the word is. He might have already visited Louisville, but I think I think um, I think he's a cat when it comes down to it. But let's talk about
0: let's talk about Louisville, like with Kenny Payne. There, he's awesome, but not everybody is like going to Louisville. So if you go to Louisville, who are you surrounded with? I mean, what what's the real thing? And probation, and probation, they may not be
3: NCAA eligible. Um, I mean. Louisville's convinced that they got a really great lineup coming. Uh, but first of all, first of all, Louisville's coach, Kenny Payne, Milt yeah. Wagner, DeWan Wagner senior,
2: DJ Wagner, they have been very connected to Nike for a long time. Like Kenny Payne is Years. one of the guys that I don't know the People call it bag men, but the best way to put it is like Nike fixers or Nike, Nike, like
0: transfer agents.
2: They're just, (laughs) they're just people that help players get from high school teams to Nike teams, AKA maybe Kentucky, you know what I mean? So him joining the squad at joining, being the head coach at Louisville, people, a lot of people didn't want him to take that job because it wasn't a great fit for him. He doesn't have a lot of Nike connects to leverage and Nike's not going to help him. So that's why I really, like, was wondering, like, okay, you, you're the new coach at, at Louisville, but yep. you're, you're, ex- it's exciting, but are you going to get those recruits that Nike is going to send you? They're not going to send them to you. And is Adidas going to send them to you? No, Adidas is going to send them to Kansas. And so I thought that it might, it might take him a year or two to build those connects because he's a great yep. guy. He's really personable. He'll build those connections, but it wasn't going to happen day one. It wasn't going to happen with DJ Wagner, in my opinion. Okay. So, and Milt was with him. Milt was the like, right with him. So it's weird to say Milt and D, and Kenny at, a, at an Adidas school, which is why I think at the end of the day, Kentucky will win the recruitment, but I don't necessarily think it's best for Kentucky to win the recruitment. And I've talked to you guys about okay.
0: this. Okay. Ex- expand on that.
2: Yeah, because Ian Jackson is a cl- guy in the class of 2024. He's already 18 years old. He's looking to reclassify. Okay. He's better than DJ Wagner. He is kind of like Terrence Clark, but more fluid. Oh, wow. And mm. uh, he's got an amazing relationship. He's from Brooklyn. He's got an amazing relationship with with, um, with Antigua. He's oh. Kentucky's to lose. But the problem is, if he reclassifies, I don't know where there is space for
0: him.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the the good thing, the good news is for Kentucky fans is you're getting one of DJ Wagner and Ian Jackson.
0: One or the other you're getting. Yeah.
2: That. So um, it's it's not, it, we we rather be in this situation than not knowing who's coming. But I'd, I'd hate to lose Ian Jackson and then lose him out to like Duke who's recruiting him pretty hard.
3: Yeah.
0: All right. I think it's time for our last segment. You're going to love us, Shay. Yeah. So, in honor of baby Aria,
2: baby Aria, my daughter.
0: <laughs> that's right. Being born, we are each going to share our favorite UK babies, and that's known as the best freshman of the Cal era. So, I'll let you guys go first. Okay, Mike
2: go first.
1: You know what? Um I I almost hate to do this, but I'm I'm going to do it anyway. I got to say my favorite freshman in the Cal era at Kentucky. Is Anthony Davis. And it's not because he's the best player. He probably is the best player. I love. And respect. And value defense. Anthony Davis. Was the epitome of defense. He changed games. He won games with his defense. A.K.A. Think North Carolina. Um, he was able to. Score whenever he needed to but to get rebounds block shots play defense whenever it was appropriate for him to go out there and to focus on that i love the fact that he came to kentucky I, actually even before he came to kentucky he was not the tallest he was not the biggest he grew later in life uh, comparatively and i feel like Out of all the guys that we could say were babies at Kentucky, how how often can you say a guy as tall as as he is was a baby? I feel like that he kind of was, but as we also celebrate um, all the things that our defense and Bill Russell, I feel like at least in my lifetime, the closest player at Kentucky to Bill Russell's game. Score when you need to, play defense every possession, and win. That describes Anthony Davis. He's my favorite. Dora Lamb is a close second, but I love Anthony Davis.
2: That's a great I mean that's a great pick to start off with. I can't fault you there. My yeah. pick is a little bit more nuanced. I think my favorite freshman under Cal has been SGA. Shy gilgeous Alexander. Oh. Yeah, that's good.
0: I love him. Yeah, yes. He, six foot six point guard, long ass arms. It's Canadian.
2: Just, it's just because, first of all, he came from Canada. He came with a little little fanfare. He was committed to Florida before he came to Kentucky. Yeah, He came to Kentucky and, like, I like him because, first of all, like, he he doesn't fit a prototype of any guard that comes before him, any player that comes before him. It's like you try to compare him. It's like maybe Manu Ginobili. I don't know. Like who can you compare him to? That was like it's not even Penny. I don't know. Like because he's like six foot six, rangy guard with ball handling skills that has change of pace. And I always told people I was like his change of pace reminds me of like when you're playing pickup at the Y and like that forty year old guy comes in and it's like. (laughs) It's like you don't think he's good at basketball, but that's Michael.
0: That's Michael. Football. Oh, that's me. That's yeah. me. Yeah.
2: You just described me, Thank you. He comes in and he's like, he's like schooling everybody because yeah. he's got that like old man game where it's like up and unders and like uh change of pace and <laughs> he's he's thick, veins and fakes. And it's like, that's kind of how I, I, my game is. Like, I'm not super athletic, so I used to play like up and unders and all that stuff. And like, yep. You know he improved year to year. He's always been super humble. He's like the best, one of the best young players in in uh in the NBA, and I just love the way he plays because it's like, it's like the the Oklahoma City Thunder saw the way he plays and they built around him. Like they when they draft is it Chet Chet now like a uh, Thunder they drafted yep. um yep Josh Giddy, who's like a player that's really complimentary. and they were like. Okay, we're gonna build around SGA and we're gonna be like a lot of these like rangey, like weird, I don't know, like non-traditional guards forwards that are in his And it it's just beautiful to watch because they're changing basketball, because it's like Sam Hinkie. I love SGA when he was at like Kentucky. I saw shit that like I had never seen before in my life. Cause yeah, he scored points. Yeah, other guards score points, but the way he was doing it, it was confusing the the he was confusing defenders. He was getting the ball at right. will. It's like it wasn't like this pure athleticism that John Wall had or other players had. It was more like crafty, and it was like
3: I, I could appreciate that. I don't know.
0: Oh, I, first of all, I love the AD choice because AD was instrumental to our title in 2012. Like without AD, we don't get that title. SGA was like if I was a guard that would that would be my nightmare to try to guard. Oh yeah, yeah. for can sure. You imagine a guy a six foot six no. point guard, no. with long arms. What do you Size, do, man? Length. What no. do you do? You, you no, can't. You, you you fail. You just yep. fucking fail. Yep. But my choice is John Wall, and I'll tell you why. Um, I was in Madison Square Garden when Kentucky played Connecticut.
1: Oh. I nice. was in the
0: cheap seats with a couple of my co-workers. We were going through. Ain't our- no cheap
1: seats in Madison Square Garden. Uh, I was there. up in the
0: rafters, but <laughs> but I was there and I was with these co-workers who were not from Kentucky and I had to like educate them on Kentucky basketball in like 30 minutes. They're so like, each- why, why the fuck did you bring me on a fucking long <laughs> journey for this? I'm like, just watch.
2: You won't have that problem this,
0: this year. I know. I, I, and- I, that's right. And <laughs> And then John Wall just did his thing, man. Well, he had good support, but John Wall exploded. And we beat Connecticut in MSG. And all the Connecticut fans fucking hated us. Because we're backward-ass rednecks from Kentucky. And they fucking hated us. And there was fights everywhere in the arena. And it was amazing. And I'm like, that's why I'm a Kentucky fan. (laughs) Because we will fight you. John Wall brought us back from the depths of shit he
2: made us cool
1: (laughs) he made us cool again and and john wall john Wall brought us back from those depths with cal in the exact same way that jamal mashburn brought us back from those same depths under rick patino
0: yes and i'm forever grateful to john wall
1: thank you for
0: winning that game thank you for making my exit out of msg a little less bearable because UConn fans suck fucking <laughs> balls. Shout out John them. Wall, who
2: is an is an LA Clipper this year. Who might I might go watch?
0: You you, you have, have to. to. I think we all should go watch. I will buy a Wall jersey. Now he forever. Now he's so important to the Cal era, and I love John Wall so.
1: And, and he can do a mean Dougie. Yeah. Just just saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, much.
2: I mean, LA Clipper game is a lot easier to get to than. And Laker games, and I'll definitely go watch them because LA Clipper games. I'm I'm not a Laker fan, but LA Clipper games are way more fun than Laker games, so I'll definitely go watch
1: them. Love the fun. fact that he's in the Western Conference.
2: Yeah,
1: as are my Denver Nuggets. And now with my season tickets for the Nuggets, I will welcome every Kentucky player to the Mile High City. Let's go. So
3: go Clipper, Clippers.
0: Yep, yeah, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Suns. Uh,
1: yeah, Terry, I'm going to see your sons out here. We're we going to see B- Devin Booker. Bubble B- B- Murray DeAndre was Aiken? like
2: nuts. Bubble NBA Bubble Murray. Jamal Murray
1: was like – Oh, God. Bubble Murray. Mm. Bubble Murray was like one of the greatest players of all time. The spring- bubble situation was just off They the should just
2: bring out all playoffs in the bubble.
0: It was amazing.
3: Right?
1: Let's see
0: that. <laughs> best that was- basketball I've
3: ever seen. Tyler was was All The best,
0: be here. best basketball ever. Hands down. Ugh. All right, let's close the show up, guys. Awesome show. We did cover smoke wagon bourbon pretty thoroughly. I'm a fanboy. I will drink it every night if I have my hands on it. Let's go. Um, we talked about Kentucky basketball, awesome stuff recruiting wise cal he's he was never gone, but he's definitely. He's like our old cow.
2: Allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. right.
0: We're kicking ass, taking names, building these rosters. I love it, man. So hey guys, you can find me on Twitter at Arizona T Y J O. Shay and Michael. Where can they find you guys on social media?
2: Yeah, I'm Shay B on Twitter. That's at A That's A-B-H-A-V-S-A-R.
1: And you can find me at MG Simmons 5280. That's at M -M -M G-S-I-M-M-O-N-S-5280 because I'm in the mile high city.
0: Yeah, baby. As always, we we really appreciate your support. And until next next episode, keep sipping bourbon and go cats.